the future of photography. Hello, welcome back to uh, the Future of Photography. My name is Chris Marquardt, and with me are these two these two gentlemen trying to show this on the camera, but it's not really working. So, um, yeah, Adrian, Jeremiah, how are you guys doing? <laughs> oh, as well as can be expected under the global circumstances. Right, I should stop asking that in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. You should do, yeah, possibly, say, uh, possibly. Pretty, pretty good, pretty good. Okay, sounds good. Um, so uh, Imar is busy. She has a. Okay, let, let's let's just add this in here because she asked us to mention it. Um, she has a project on the weekend, which is which uh, means she's, more than a project. <laughs> it's a bit more than a project. It's the arts. Festival 2020 in Clonmel Junction, um, which is from July 4th to the 12th, and um, and she had some part in one of the performances with some of her art, and uh, she's there to organize and stuff. Um, we will put a link in the show notes because it is going on for a while, and a lot of the the things that come out of that will be available later. Yeah, very definitely a, a, a multi-art festival. There's music, yes. there, there's uh, sort of painting type art. There's, I, I think there may be some photography, but there's there's all sorts of stuff going on. And uh, Ema, I, I'd imagine at this point is horribly out of breath running around trying to organize everything because she runs one of the venues for it so she was even even hard to get hold of uh, before this episode when we started uh, discussing what we wanted to record indeed so, anyway um adrian you prepared this episode so let me hand this off to you yes yes i uh, very generous of you to say i prepared um <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but I am reacting. You know, you, you see this a lot on YouTube, mm -hmm. don't you? Like, photographer reacts to or filmmaker reacts to. So I'm reacting today. Um, and hopefully the three of us can react and think about what this means for the future of, of licensing of photography. Or, oh, okay. or is it? Or is it? Um, because there's a question mark over that even. So um, uh, as you do, I was cruising the interwebs the other day uh, and picked up uh, an article uh, that I found on Petapixel, but I fo followed the chain. Um, and uh, this takes us to Getty Images. Uh, now, slight tangent before we dive into the story. Um, I have a bit of uh, motor racing in my history. And uh, so part of my newsfeed is all about motor racing. And anybody that is interested in the sport will have noticed that this year there's been a huge shift for obvious reasons uh, towards esports racing. Isn't, um, isn't NASCAR doing all their races on, on computers right now? Uh, yeah. And uh, there's been some Formula One stuff, Formula mm -hmm. E, um, uh, which is the electric uh, the open wheeler racing uh which is great if you ever get the chance to see it and and lots lots more as well um and you you've got uh real racing drivers uh i say real racing drivers racing drivers who are used to driving cars on racetracks uh with engines in them uh racing against uh esports racing drivers mm -hmm. and and they have big you know hydraulic chairs and, and lots and lots of monitors and stuff like that and uh, presumably very reliable internet connections as well yeah um, that helps and uh so so the, my news feed has gradually shifted from real racing into this whole esports world and all of the the pundits and the commentators and the broadcasters they're all doing it so you can watch online now streaming uh in fact i watched one of, a bit of one a few weeks ago from from spa which is a very famous uh racing circuit um in the east of Belgium, probably Chris, you live nearer to it than I do. Uh, 
Yeah, um, but I'm not into racing, so I wouldn't <laughs> be able to tell you anything. It's about an amazing that. place. I have I have actually raced at Spa in the rain, mm. and it is truly a horrifying but immensely exciting thing to do. Mm. Um, and uh, the, so I watched an esports race from there. So this is um, say from there from the esports rendition. Uh, of the spa circuit and they even had weather they had rain and and you know what with real commentators it's very it's very exciting i don't I mean, know if it, i guess because you haven't watched this, it jeremiah have you they, they, they've broadcast this on espn here yes uh it, mm. you know espn which is the big sporting uh network here which has <laughs> not that many sports live to broadcast and um they have been showing uh, eSport NASCAR races uh, that I did tune in for one, and it was dazzlingly similar to a real race in terms yeah. of how they manage the kind of virtual cameras. Like you said, the weather. Uh, of course, it was a lot safer when some of the cars <laughs> went yes. over the wall. Sure. Uh, there were no reported injuries. <laughs> and they, <laughs> someone gets stuck in the hydraulic chair. Um, they and 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 looking at what's what's happened over the last I don't know ten years in in video gaming. I mean, graphics are very very realistic now, and you have uh, the the physics of the whole thing are so well simulated now that it is almost like the real thing. Other than you're not smelling the gasoline and uh, the, the noise is different. And yeah. just, just so not being there physically is, of course, different. But the actual driving is very, or must be very similar to. Well, ha having done a bit of both myself, um, there are, it's, a, it's more realistic than you might think. So um, a few miles down the road from me is, a, is a, a place where you can go and you can do, you can sit in these hydraulic chairs and you can do the racing um and it is very physical the chairs bash you around to come out covered in bruises the first uh, the time i did it which i guess is even more hard than real racing because in a real race car you're strapped in with a six-point harness you can't move a muscle um, but the uh it, it is it is interesting what's going on here and um, they even did a, a the 24 hours of le mans this year was an esports race yeah. um and uh i've been to le mans not, not clearly not as a driver um but uh but i've been it's an enormous festival uh le mans it's a fantastic a fantastic event um and uh you know th there's nothing quite like you know uh the sound of a corvette at at dawn you know you, you can hear the corvettes from pretty much anywhere in the circuit um but the so, so there's a lot of similarities but but it, my, my feed has been filling up with this stuff and of course this is a tangent i said it was going to be quick it's not but that's okay because i could talk well, yeah, about what, what does that where does the photography come in <laughs> well where does the photography come in well okay so uh we've talked on this show about um digital photography inside games and jeremiah is a, is a practitioner um uh, so but i was a bit surprised to read the other day that getty images is now licensing in-game photography i don't know whether i should have air quotes around that but in-game photography yeah, uh, from called. from one of the leading games uh, a game called gran turismo um, uh, which has been around for donkey's years in various different incarnations um uh, and and actually uh getty ha would have then the rights to those images and the rights to to sell those images to to whomsoever would want to report on it and i thought that's it's quite astonishing who, who'd want who'd want that <laughs> <laughs> i i can't understand how you could actually license an image 
with any expectation of exclusivity of that image, given oh. that your kids could probably take uh, an image as good as what you've just paid for the license in your basement, and that's it. Who owns that image on that track of that car going around a curve? Well, apparently... Getty Images do now because well, they've licensed it. So let's let's no. be to, just a bit clear to narrow it down a little bit because these are live sporting events uh, that so, so that it relates to. Um, and uh, according to what I've read, uh, the Getty photographers again. I think we need a new a new noun. Um, but uh, the Getty photographers uh, get special access. So uh, whether that's in software or hardware, I don't know. But they can go places in the in-game domain that your average punter can't go, which I guess is very much like being at a race, a real racetrack. Because uh, for anybody that's been, you know, if you go as a go just as a, a general admission, you're often behind fences and you have to take your photographs through fences. Whereas if you get a press, so card, you, can you can go, go into you the like. virtual pit. <laughs> yeah. And interact with the artificial humanoids <laughs> and shoot over their shoulders of the cars in competition. And that gives you an edge. A phone is, is ringing. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so so let me let me jump in here and uh, and ask something. So um, if you are okay, so so. Let's talk about repeatability of photos here for a second, because I think that is one thing. In a digital domain, you could theoretically take the exact, by the pixel, exact photo from the exact, if you have a replay of this game somewhere, you could be at the exact virtual position with the exact same camera settings at the exact millisecond and take that same photo. When you are... I think so. When you are 10 photographers in a pit or 20 photographers in a pit very close to each other and you take the same shot with the same lens, the same camera in real life, um, you would take very, very, very similar photos where it might even be very hard to distinguish between them because they've been taken at the same time from virtually the same spot. So the question is, where's the difference? Well, I think you've just hit it on the head. Uh, I, I think it's... Um a fool's errand to try and actually put a value on the license. Um, I think the license, if it's not just a way of promoting the brand uh, for an inexpensive license, uh, that's one thing. Um, so that there's that, you know, the official popcorn of NASCAR. Uh, you know, what does it mean? <laughs> but it's a branding exercise. Mm -hmm. Because... In um, those particular venues of electronic uh, racing, you're dealing with a very, very fixed track and you're dealing with uh, cars that are moving in a very specific direction. And so you're right, Chris, when you land on a certain angle of view and adjust your um, ca virtual camera optically to match, I don't think there's anything that prevents you from screenshotting that very, very image, what you do with it is a little different because if you take that and post it, nobody's going to really jump on you. However, 
if you took that image without a license and used it on a serial box, um, I think that there is an argument somewhere from someone to identify that as an unlicensed image if there is a way to recognize that, which there could be in the in the pixel construction or in the specificity of car design to say, no, these are unlicensed and they're used for profit. So they do belong to us. It's a little bit different in terms of the copyright because in, here in the US, we have something called fair use and and it's a still a very gray area. The law indicates that if you take an image that is taken from a, um, a basically it's code, you know, because a, a game is written in code. It's not an actual race. The asphalt is not something that people constructed. It's probably constructed using photogrammetry and then applied to the, the 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 meshes to simulate and so with the rain and everything else who owns the asphalt um, images that are applied in that well no one so if you get into a court battle which is uh, basically if i took the race itself and used it for promotion well that's clearly an infringement but if I take an image, still image, and convert it and change it and make it my own, in other words, transform it significantly, the law states that I own the copyright. Now, a jury would be kind of between a rock and a hard place. Uh, and there have been many court cases where the jurors found both for the artist and both for the plaintiff being a corporation um, or another artist whose work was appropriated. It's not clear. It's not cut and dry. It's very, very instinctive. The danger, of course, is that you go and you do it and you get sued and you can be fined for each image. So defending it becomes an issue. Getting insurance, you can get insurance for IP. Um, and, and insurance for IP is quite expensive. It, it's a percentage of what the value of the potential up on the uh, lawsuit would be. So copyright is a, an amorphous issue in online image making. And so for Getty to kind of jump into this is going to be very interesting to see if there's anything brought legally against someone who goes, well, I just made that image. That's that's incredible, isn't it? I mean, so uh, okay. So so let, let's let's assume that for, for that the people that have licensed the imagery, so so uh, the sorry the um, uh, the Gran Turismo, the the people that are are letting Getty do this, um, they let's assume that they have all the rights, and that you know there's no there's no programmer going to come out of the woodwork and say, hey, I designed that fence. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Then, then you've got uh, then you've got a bit of specificity around the live events, haven't you? Because I think you know many of these images could be recreated after the fact, but if they can somewhat constrain the angle of view uh, between your average 
uh, I, I guess there's streaming. So, so you'd have to be able to protect the system from unauthorized access whilst you were doing a live race, but that's done at the network level. Then you'd have to make sure that only your official photographers had access to make those images. And then, uh, and then whilst I have some sympathy to say that um, you could theoretically recreate the image pixel by pixel, um, I don't think anybody could drive that precisely. Um, and so, you know, in the real world, what happens far more is, is, is there's far more mistakes, and and you'll be you'll come around one lap, and you'll be three feet to the left of you were where you were the the last lap, and you'll 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 miss your breaking point by you know three meters or whatever. Like they, that that's what happens in the real world. Um, and then, of course, the 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 the, the more valuable uh, images are often of racing incidents. Uh, which may or may not in, end in actual crashes, but um, you know, yeah, somebody having a spin at some point is it, that that's going to be a more interesting image than somebody not having a spin. You know, it's no, it's no, uh, it's it's no coincidence that you know um, a lot of people flock to the same places in racetracks when they want to watch. You know, if you're a if you're at Le Mans, you always watch the start from Turt Rouge. Uh, if you're at Brands Hatch, you always watch the start from Halewoods. You know, it's it's that kind of thing. But the uh, I'm interested in what the future of the imagery is here because Getty doesn't exactly have a great reputation, does it? for protecting people's imagery wow. you know in, in the past in the past they've reduced the price to zero uh you know for for, for images that they only have representation on and and the artists have been left with nothing well that's why i say that i think that this could be instinctively a branding um situation rather than a money situation also i think that what it does is it creates a whether it's fear or opportunity, depending on which side of the fence you're sitting on. So it, it's putting a stake in the ground and saying no one but us can sell or dispense or license any images from this race or, or is it the game? Because that's not clear. It Except us. Here's and here's one detail I'm I'm not clear about, um, and that is is are only the images licensed that are made by photographers who have who have that special access to the pit, or are any in-game images even from yeah. regular players or watchers uh, under? Yeah. Do they do they fall under this Getty clause? I don't know. I I've I haven't looked that know. deep into it, but um, it's not clear. It, to me, it's not clear. It might be clear uh, somewhere to the lawyers. To the, the lawyers, <laughs> no, even <laughs> to, to the, the lawyers, lawyer. it's probably not clear. Um, one step back to the term of photography, by the way. I think, I mean, the the question here is, and uh, Adrian, you you asked this earlier, if we should even call this photography. What is the difference? between the real photography and that in-game photography? It, it, just just to answer one question, going back to the press release, it yeah. says Getty Images will serve as the exclusive photographic agency of the FIA-certified Gran Turismo Championships. So it is very much about the events and the FIA, of course, being the, the global governing body of, oh. of much of motorsport including okay. formula one and other things so so um 
okay. think that there, there so is that, there is a, a restriction on on that. It's not the yeah. the whole of the game itself. So so if you were going to license this, you'd be best off licensing a specific moment unique to that particular race, which demonstrates your exclusivity to it and gives you some value add that others could not get. Though, I would say, as an observer of the race, certainly in playback, I could freeze and snap that. Maybe not from the same venue. I don't know. Or the same it's, angle it, of Or view. the same camera points. Yeah, it is yeah. It, it is tricky. I mean, you've got to figure they, they've got a whole bunch of footage they're capturing, like a real-world event. As, as and would it ma- because- by the way, would it matter to those licensing of it in terms of what their use would be. Uh, that's it. That's interesting. As to the real world photography um, uh, versus the in-game photography, I would just say the the in-game photography is going to be way easier. So, if years, is it? a few years back now, maybe seven or eight years, uh, seven or eight years so. ago, I. I- I disagree. Uh, I disagree. I, I disagree. We both disagree. <laughs> okay, so let Maybe me tell you for a story. Reasons. Let me tell you a story then. So about seven or eight years ago, a friend of racing, a friend of mine was racing in the Silverstone Twenty Four Hours, which is um, it, it's a, a multi class race, um, uh, and uh, he was in a team where you just simply go you know, buy a seat for the race, um, and. Uh, uh, what I did is I went and did the 24 hour race as the photographer for that, for, for that team. <laughs> um, and that was really, really hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was all, o- I was all over the place and, and, uh, you know, many of these racetracks and Silverstone is no exception. Um, it, uh, they are big old airfields. Oh, and, and uh, yeah, the, the space you have to cover, the ground you have to cover is enormous. I think and, and I even, physically, I'm completely with you. I mean, uh, sitting in your chair in front of a screen, uh, pushing the mouse around, that is definitely physically easier. <laughs> um, it's also less dangerous to do this from your chair as opposed to being in the pit where a flying tire could behead you. Uh, so yes. there, there, there are definitely differences there, but the actual photography, the act of framing a shot and deciding where from to shoot it and what moment and what settings at to get what you want artistically, I don't see a big difference there or any difference there. I mean, it kind of depends on the tools, but even then, as a real photographer with a real camera, you might have different tools than the the guy next to you that might be a camera that has different settings and different possibilities. So Yeah. So, well, so, somebody- so in the, in the technique of capturing the image, perhaps, but in the actual planning and execution, it is very different. So you need to know, yeah, you, know, you need to talk to the team to know when your car is coming in for sure. a pit stop. You need to have your camera. You need to have your camera view. You need to get. You need to make friends with the mechanics because they'll tell you to get out of the way. And uh, and if you've got any lighting or anything like that, you have to. Yeah, you've got to make sure that's all arranged in the right place long before the car ever arrives. You can't just simply pause the action and then rotate your camera around the scene and 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 ch- uh, and, and play with the lighting. I mean, it, well, I'd say it's very different. But Jeremiah looks like he's got something he wants to say as well. Uh, I, I want to go back to the fundamental um, question of: Is digital art? that uses the photographic sensibility photography. Now, as someone who is deep in this and does a lot of this kind of work, whether it's in-game photography 
wherein I do make choices of lenses and light and angle and composition uh, in capture. And then I take it out and I process it no different than I would uh, when I shoot with uh, my film or digital cameras. It's the same process. And my output, which, as you know, I, I'm very into printing, so the output is printed very specifically. The transformation of the original game to the final print is absolutely... Um, it, it, it's so vast, that, and the, the way I approach it is, is so, um, uh, in many ways, committed to not engaging in the gameplay, but really in the, in the uh, environment in which the game is played. So I use a lot of combinations of, of uh, AI backgrounds. I, I don't reveal that much. It's very, very... Um, kind of impressionistic, and yet the images tend to look very realistic. Uh, and anyone's interested can go to my website and, and take a peek. But once you get into the, the, the kind of world of, of sport photography, it becomes a little bit different because each game is different. So I, I would have a very, very difficult time screen grabbing an image that you screen grabbed and match it. And ditto with my own work, I would challenge anyone to recreate the image that I did, just in terms of the randomness, all of the elements that came together to make that one image at that one time. Because though I'm in control of the camera, the AI is something that I, I move around and I, I can adjust it only to a certain extent, no different than if I was walking on the street and doing street photography and I moved around a subject or I asked somebody if they wouldn't mind turning to the light. And so there is that as well, not to mention uh, my choice of location and who designed the building behind them and what time of day it was. So there's a lot of similarities, but I have argued the 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 point about photography and digital art. And I could, I could argue both sides of the equation because I say it's photography just because that's where I've come from. I'm used to that. My mental process when I do these captures is very much the same as when I walk on the street with my camera. Where it starts to get different is when I start to build my own environments and I build these environments and light them specifically to capture them. And then I, I feel I'm moving more into the realm of a digital artist who uses digital photography to capture a certain element of the work. Um, but I think at the end of the day, um, it's all moot because I, I was on mm. online the other day, Photo LA had a... a um, uh, a session, basically a two-day virtual session with virtual panels and virtual galleries. And one of the panels was in-game photography. And I got a chance to kind of um, speak and, and discuss this with a lot of people who are very active in it. And there's no consensus as to whether it should be called photography or not. At the end of the day, if it looks like a photograph, 
and quacks like a photograph. <laughs> it's a photograph. That's where I come out. Well, maybe, maybe, Fair maybe enough. this. Fair enough. Yeah, it, it's it's tricky. It it is tricky to know, um, and and that may play into the future of what classes as as licensing, and then that one day that may become enshrined in case law, which may be different in Germany from the USA from the UK. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, because the case law differs uh, certainly, especially with regard to culture. Uh, yeah, that culture informs case law eventually, doesn't it? So, and so the I, equipment and the equipment you kind of threw down last week the new um, Photoshop camera, right? <laughs> so that Photoshop camera, uh, the default for some reason is set on this cartoon mode <laughs> when yes. I open it. Uh, yeah. Now, but I, I, if I take a picture and show it to you of you as a cartoon character. Is that photography? Does that look like a photograph? Well, no, it looks like a comic book drawing. Uh, well, then, that's always a, a good. There, there's no hard and fast rules for that, though, because you know, um, as I look at the wall in front of me, right, uh, I can see a cyanotype print of a. I think a, a, a digital photograph. I think I can see some instant film. I can see digital prints of uh, of thirty five mil film. I I can see all sorts of things just right in front of me right now. Um, I, I the 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 cyanotype clearly as a print has to be somewhere in the grey murky area about whether it's a photograph or not. Even though the base the starting point was a was a photograph. Yeah. You know, so are, photo- are photograms. Photographs. Well, so is, is it? <laughs> I is don't it, think it, we'll solve this here. In this no, we're not going to solve this. So let's think about the future. So, so, so let's think about the future. I think, um, I think it's a really interesting twist um, uh, that Getty are now doing this. Do I think this had ha- would have happened with w- without COVID if twenty twenty was just another normal year? Uh, no, I don't, because Probably although not. esports is interesting, uh, it's it, it's not as. I don't think it's as monetizable for imagery as uh, r- as real world sports, uh, if if that's a term I can use. For some reason, I'm reminded of a, of an episode of Buck Rogers, um, by which I mean the the twin the the 1970s TV series where where Buck goes to the Olympics and there's no audience. Um, it's all done in like a sports hall, and then applause is piped in, which is perilously close to what's happening at least in the uk premiership soccer at the moment <laughs> i have i've heard i've heard a podcast uh, that is a bbc show the infinite monkey cage and they had an episode where they had an actual audience back home like us in front of a camera yep. and they were feeding their applause back into the yep. into the show because that's usually a show done on a stage so, so monkey monkey cage is a great show yeah. um and i know chris you've been a fan for years as i have um uh the yeah they've the whole of the current series uh which is currently in production um is with a piped in audience who are listening <laughs> live a real live a live audience, audience yeah. listening in but from their homes and uh, you know and applauding and they they, they feed the applause that's that's coming it's in weird. down the pipes so it is weird so so it is we, we do live in interesting times and this is an interesting twist i think um, yeah. re- real world sports is getting going again especially motor racing um you know the nascar is already up and running the f1 starts soon uh, and, and any other number of things i mean yeah um yes they'll be doing it to an extent behind closed doors but there will be real cars racing around tracks and and the thrill of that 
So I've got to ask the question, in six months' time, will any care, anyone care about this? Will Getty Images just have said, okay, fine, there's no value in this, and they'll put it all out on their stock agency website for free or or for, you know, cents or pence, you know, per, per image? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, uh, do I think that I can sell images that I make in a, in a game? Probably not, because there's no real racing drivers at the other end of a, an internet pipe. I don't know, but I'm interested in uh, uh, maybe to close us out, um, uh, Jeremiah, your view of the what this means for you personally and maybe the, the commercial future of your in-game work. Uh, the complications are, are as yet unknown because I, I don't think we've had a major test case in the courts certainly not here, that really kind of um, defines what specifically the law is or should be. And, it, and, and there's a reason for that. Keep it gray until there's more or less experimenting mm-hmm. on both sides to see what value or lack thereof kind of engages in the economy uh, with these you know, final products. So I, I think there's a lot unknown. Um, where we're going is certainly, um, I believe, digital art, and you know we've talked about you know fa- fake news and and all of those. And now there's kind of uh, ways to falsify voices even and imitate that. I mean, so we're moving to um, a, a slippery slope of both creativity in terms of manifesting reality as something is that is not. Uh, or enhancing reality uh, with, you know, um, AR and VR. And until we work out what the parameters of who owns what, is it the publisher, is it the game creators, is it the artist within, what their, what, it, what is an artist who creates a character, um, what is their contract with the game publisher do they own everything? Probably. But there may be somebody very specific who has a character that they license for the game. So within the game, how does that transform? There's a lot of legal issues uh, that are that are yet undescribed. And what I've been able to ascertain is uh, the companies are very uh, laissez-faire as long as they feel the users or the abusers, depending on which side you sit, um, are not making a ton of money on it. Now, this gets really kind of a little more uh, crazy when you start to look at YouTube and some of these playing games for... uh, The the streamers, yeah. Yes, like whether it's Twitch or or YouTube, etc. And they're drawing huge audiences and they're making many millions of dollars doing it. At some point, it feels to me that the game companies are going to go, listen, we have no problem with you doing it, but we are now your partner. <laughs> yes. <yeah. laughs> I think- and, and that's kind of where I think it will go. Yeah, and and I think wherever it will go, um, I don't think it will go away. I think uh, the pandemic has taught us all that that is an option because a lot of people were not aware of that they didn't know they weren't used to seeing more virtual things but now this is happening so i'm i'm sure that there will be more of that even when everything 
kind of goes back to normal. I don't think it will go away. I think it's something to stay. No, and and in terms of the future of photography, I I, I think that one of the reasons I brought up that um, Photoshop camera is creating artificial looks or taking artificial environments and making them real. Some of these could happen in camera, some of these in computer, on your phone. However, there's a, a, a melding and a fusion of that, which is going to be both hardware and software base that will allow us more control over the images that we intend to produce. And I, I think I can safely say that these things are an exciting, albeit somewhat confusing element now, but but I think it's exciting to know that uh, creative beings, artists, will have more and more control over an imagined image as much as they may have control over capturing a live image. And, and I think that's exciting for the kind of images that we may see in the future. I think that's a nice way to, to close out the conversation, Jeremiah, to see the positive in it. It is exciting. Uh, who knows where it'll take us? Um, uh, uh, but it's, uh, and, and maybe some of the, there'll certainly be a lot of false starts, I guess, and dead ends, but over, overall things will evolve and continue to evolve. And we are a show called the future of photography after all. So we should probably be embracing this stuff rather than rejecting it, shouldn't we? <laughs> Very true. <laughs> okay. On to picks of the week then. Hey, Picks of the Week. Chris, what's your Pick of the Week? Um, I brought you something. When you click on the link, you'll get a German website because it's something that a German university just uh, talked about and brought out. And it's an anti-grad filter that is digital. So ah. you have a filter that you can electrically, electronically modify in terms of the gradient and where it is oh, and how it's man. rotated and so on. Um, can they, do that? they can do that to optical quality now, can they? I think they can, and they have, they're have wow. doing this by a special coding. I've, it's not even LCD, I think. It's a special coding on top, and I don't know wow. what it works, how it works, and I don't know how far they are, but um, there's a good chance that at one point we will have... Uh, an indie grad, and I, I hope they can also change the shape of that gradient because whenever you are in, in the mountains, you don't yeah, typically you have a V-shaped indie <laughs> yeah. uh, grad with you. So, yeah. yeah. But, by the way, this may be very much. Um, has anybody experienced the three M translucent, uh, opaque, transparent glass that they I've sell? Yes, in a scary it, way. A yes. Um, okay. So we were on a family trip somewhere and it was only a one-nighter. So we were all staying in the one hotel room, uh, me, me, my wife and my kids. And the bathroom had a glass wall into, into the shower. <laughs> and that was <laughs> we a like, switchable one? And we, yeah, we were like, well, wow, how on earth are we going to deal with that? Then we're going to have to ask them to move rooms and stuff like that. And uh, it turned that then one of us, I forget who, spotted there was a little switch on the wall by the side of the bath. And you pressed the switch and the whole glass went opaque and everything was okay yeah. after that. <laughs> so this may, you know, this technology may be uh, more sophisticated in terms of grads and all, yes. all of that. But, uh, but I, I would yeah, hope I can so. see it. I want it bad. Yeah, and, and I hope and I hope this switchable glass will never be in public bathrooms. Um, <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> okay, next. Who's next? Uh, well, I'll be. I'll go. I'll go next. Okay, Jeremiah. Uh, sure. Just because uh, we'll let you wrap up the show with your pick too. Um, I've picked and 
terms of today's, you know, um, a discussion, something called Pixie, P-I-X-S-Y, which is all about finding and fighting image theft. There we go. So it's about uplo- uh, uh, uploading your image. And it basically, I, I'm imagining that they use a bot technology to kind of move through, identify all of the salient points of your image and identify it as your own. Um, I do have a very close friend who's been building a um, something similar, but that uses embedded information in the image and a registration, global registration, so that you can actually register your each image in a database um, that, that secures it. So you can actually take an image and decode it and say, no, this is a registered image. But I think these kinds of, of, um, of call it services, uh, as we get into the more kind of gray areas of who owns what and how this works, will be both uh, used and abused. <laughs> so that's my pick. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I have, uh, well, first of all, we should mention EMA's uh, event again. Uh, the, the Clonmel Junction Arts Festival 2020. Loads of stuff going on there. That's a, that's a hyper local recommendation. <laughs> And sadly, I none of us will. Get, sadly, none of us will get to go because. Uh, well, but a lot of the content will be on, on virtual yeah. platforms later on, so we can, still check back on some things. Yes. Okay. So, se- second, uh, second recommendation for me today is uh, is actually uh, an audio manufacturer rather than anything to do with photography. I, I found out, realized today. Uh, I should have realized this ages ago that my my good my favorite earbuds actually are not just entirely Bluetooth. You can unplug the actual earbuds themselves and plug them into a cable, and that reminded me that actually I'm a real fan of RHA audio. I never heard uh, of them. They are based in Glasgow. Um, and, uh, they do some really nice audio design kit. Um, so I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, uh, funnily enough, um, uh, it was my wife that put me onto this company because some years ago we were in Glasgow airport and she bought some headphones, you know, um, and for, and then found out after that they were a local company, which she was great. She was happy to support a local company. Uh, and uh, then I was so impressed with them. I, I bought some myself sometime later. But um, yeah, very, very nice audio products. There. I like the design on their products. And by the oh, way, this yeah, is not yeah. a sponsored. A no, it's not. No, I, I, am, I am merely a satisfied customer and user of their products i like um, the look of their products yeah they they are they're good and they sound good as well um and uh, one of the things that i i i the uh one of these people who when you buy earbuds usually they just fall out of my ears but these they sell with um <laughs> i think mine came with that i can show you hold it up on the camera i had something like 20 different types of shapes of earbuds Ooh. including including uh some made of memory foam now i don't know if you've ever tried memory foam as an ear for earbuds but it's awesome you just squeeze it stick it in and it pops back out um and uh it's a bit inexperienced it's a bit like the ones you get on airplanes you know uh, but those are single use whereas these ones will go on for ages and ages so uh, so that's that's my my second and i'm going to sneak in a third one that isn't even in the show notes which is that um because lockdown has gone on longer than i thought um i bought a switch this week a nintendo switch um and uh, i'm not an avid gamer but you know uh, kids game and i can play with them and stuff like that um the Switch 
uh, the joy cons as they call them the little controllers they have a dedicated hardware button for capturing an in-game image (laughs) now nintendo clearly not known for their photo realistic games (laughs) so are we are we going to see a whole bunch of zelda photos from you now (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah quite possibly quite possibly but in terms of matches it, yeah in terms of uh, raw capture i mean and you know and jeremiah's process for or post process i guess for uh, po- processing for post capture actually the ability to just capture anything you see so as you is that a by. screenshot button essentially it yeah. is basically a screenshot button but it yeah. t- it takes away all of the uh, the metadata for oh, the game so, and so it, you get a clean gives, shot okay yeah you get a clean shot I'm, yeah. I'm gonna guess it's uh relatively low quality jpegs that you get out of it um i haven't checked i haven't taken any out yet um, it's your homework I mean, for the, next time then yeah the device itself is capable of 1080p um but so, yeah, but, so in but photographic terms they're not going to yeah. be high high resolution but right that's the trick: is trying to get a good, solid PNG file out of out of a capture that could be converted into, you know, Photoshop or TIFFs or whatever. Yeah. Well, I'll let you know how I get on with that one then. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, there you go. Um, that that's it for today. I think uh, this has been show one hundred and thirty-eight uh, of uh, TFOP now. Uh, TFOP now. Sorry, excuse me. Of, of the future of photography, and you can get in touch with us on the internet at TFOP now. T F O P N O W on Twitter, Instagram, uh, or go get the whole of the back catalogue at thefutureofphotography.com. Uh, as always, it has been an honour and a privilege to speak with you all, and we'll be back next week. Take care. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. You've been listening to The Future of Photography, a production by Adrian Stock and Chris Marquardt. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com. Hold up. 